welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast, a podcast dedicated to giving artists who are wowing the world over the platform they deserve. I am your host, Nathan Raglan, and for today's episode, let's get into the mainframe to find some interesting information about a wonderful artist you all should know about. Today's guest is Fairbanks VT, a digital artist, animator, and VTuber, formerly of the sea, that now presents himself as this incredible cyberpunk persona. Whether it be the animations that they have provided before or the VTubing that they have presented both then and now, Fairbanks is someone that I have been definitely keeping eyes on here and there. So when the opportunity arose for me to bring them on the podcast, I knew I had to. And trust me, this was as fun of a conversation as you could probably expect, considering the uh, various topics we may have if you know who they are. If you do enjoy the conversation, please, please, please make sure you follow them in the links down in the description below. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. Leave five stars wherever you can. I see that stuff, and you guys know I love it. I just genuinely do. If you want to go a little bit further with that support, maybe you should consider going to the merch shop down in the description below as hosted on 4th Wall. We sincerely do have some incredible designs that I think you guys would absolutely love. And look, if all you want is just a nice, calm, cool, chill place for you to come in, meet some other incredible artists, and talk about the incredible art out there, whether it's your own or others, maybe you should consider joining our Discord server, the Artist Sanctuary. We've already developed an incredible group there that I think enjoy a good fun time, and I think you'd be a wonderful addition to that group today. But now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. The glasses is definitely like the icing on top more than anything else. Like, it, it's, it's a good look. Yeah, these actually, uh, I was able to kind of fix them. They sort of broke. Ooh. How do you how do you sort of break glasses? Uh, one of the frame the um, uh, frame arms kind of uh, got super freaking bent, so I just kind of like, had to kind of like bend it back into place. But it's like that that kind of bent where it's like, it's, how long it, is it gonna hold? It's that kind of bent to where if you feel like you twist that metal just a little bit too wrong, it's gonna snap. Yeah, if I bend it in any other direction, it's gonna go. <laughs> exactly. I mean, they were just little cheaper ones from Amazon. I have a, another pair of my throne anyway. So well, there you go. There you go. Push on the shove. We can we can all toss into to to get that funded ASAP. <laughs> yeah, it's like seventeen bucks. Oh, okay, that's what I mean. ASAP. It's like who could if anyone is willing to spare seventeen bucks, the price of like what yeah. a, a couple of meals at McDonald's or something like that. Like I think they can cover that. <laughs> if that. Uh, let's see. All right. And I think I got this stuff more or less set up. Thank you once again, sincerely, for taking the time to do this. This was a. It, it, I, I was surprised with how quickly you answered and how quickly you wanted to get the episode going. I appreciate it, sincerely. Oh, yeah. Is this your first time ever appearing on a podcast? or? Yes. Oh, okay. Awesome. Nice. I'm already loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> I'll say, in fact, I was actually appearing on someone else's podcast last night, and I just straight up told him, like, one of my favorite. One of the things that gives me that dopamine rush is knowing that an artist that I think is like incredibly talented and doing incredible stuff, asking them and knowing, oh, wait, this is your first time being on a podcast. Wait, what? Like with all the incredible stuff you do, no one's ever wanted to talk to you about the stuff you're doing? <laughs> yeah, d despite the um, 
the fact that Death by Snoo Snoo kind of went to survival. I'm still basically a nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. We'll definitely address that dragon in the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, I'm prepared. But, but I also wanted to make sure I gave you as much of a good, well-rounded conversation just as a whole. I didn't want to just bring you on here yeah. just to talk about the process. Tell us about the dragon lady. <laughs> Give us more death. Bye. Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> death. Bye. Again. Uh, no, trust me. I, I'm certainly intrigued to talk about that, but again, like with all the stuff you've had a hand yeah. in and stuff like that, I'm certainly excited for the conversation we're about to have. Three, two, one. All right, Fairbanks, before we really get going, I must ask the icebreaker question of the podcast, if I may. Let's say go you ahead. To, let's say you get to go to a desert island on your own accord. It's just you, alone with your thoughts. You get to kick back, relax, and get to enjoy yourself for a little bit. With accommodations, you're not stranded on this island. It's more like a little island paradise just dedicated mm-hmm. for you. Uh, it's one of those islands on, like, Hawaii or something. Exactly. Or, or like, in the middle of, like, the, the Philippines or something along the lines of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. To help make sure you just don't go completely insane on this island, you can bring... Too late. (laughs) Okay, further down the the, the pit (laughs) of insanity on this island, you can bring one piece of media or one piece of art with you to help with whatever kind of headspace you want on this island, to help with whatever kind of relaxing vibe you want. If given this opportunity, what would that one piece be? Hmm. And like specific piece of media, not like an internet connection or anything. I mean, I, would, I mean, if you want to say an internet connection, I'll allow it, but I would prefer you choose, like, you know, whatever you consider media, yeah. like, you know, film, yeah. TV show, video game, whatever you consider art or media, it's all within that realm. Either all three How to Train Your Dragon movies or the entire, or the complete series of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Oh, both very good, but also very different when it comes to like what they mm. represent. So I, I, I'm now curious. Why are those two like series and one sense or another the things you're, that jump to mind? Uh, favorite movie trilogy of all time. Mm-hmm. Favorite cartoon of all time, and also they make just asinine things out of fucking bric-a-brac. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Trust me, like, just Ed, Ed, Eddie alone. Just, like, every like every single episode is just so unique with, like, their their plot and, like, all the... the they made a plane. Going. They made a functioning plane out of the stuff they found around school. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, they were they were the kids you wanted in your, in your, like, middle school more than anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean... Uh, also, we got to give love to the How to Train Your Dragon. I mean, like you said, like, it's an amazing oh, yeah. trilogy. Like, I'm pretty sure that is a good example of just every single movie, like, if not progressively getting better, just being amazing on their own, just with, mm-hmm. like, the, the storytelling, the visual stuff like that. Like, I, I agree with you. A, an amazing choice more than anything else. Yeah. I cried at the second one. I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. Aren't they making another one now? Or, they, or like a reboot or something um, like that? They're making a live action remake, which I honestly don't think they need to. But John Williams is coming back for the um, the score. I mean, that's... That's cool, at least. That, that's always a positive. I mean, let's be honest. When it comes to any live action remake, do we honestly really need them? I mean... The only Disney live action remake I thoroughly enjoyed was Beauty and the Beast. Man, that's a good one. I'll, I will also be honest with you. I, I know it was mostly CGI, but I also enjoyed the Jungle Book one. Like, I know mm. I know the original one has a lot more charm to it or whatnot, but that didn't mean that the yeah. live-action remake didn't have, like, its quirks and, like, the parts that I enjoyed about it. 
Yeah. Christopher Walken as King Louis was hilarious. It was a good, it was a good one. It was a good one. I also, wish- I love like when, whenever Christopher Walken, phenomenal actor, whenever he has to do voice acting, he just sounds like he's doing a bad Christopher Walken impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, he's got the money. So it's like, if that's what they want yeah. to do and they pay him for it, like let him do, let him do the worst that he can. It's, it's like, it's like how for, um, for into the spider verse, when Nick Cage was doing the lines for uh Spider-Man noir, they're like, can you, can you give us a bit more? I was like, Oh, you want the full cage. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> he knows he's a meme. Oh, no. have you heard the voice lines that he apparently recorded for dead by daylight? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, they're out there. And trust me, it is all just one big meme. It is all just one big oh, meme. I love, you, you, I love how, like, the original trailer for him, there was no clear delineation whether he was going to be a survivor or a killer. <laughs> it just knows that Nick Cage is in the game. How? <laughs> yeah. It's Nick Cage. <laughs> oh, goodness. But regardless, either the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy or the entirety of Ed, Ed, and Eddie, that is your answer. You're locking that in. Yep. Then if that's the case, I cannot think of a better way to start the Postmodern Art Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I am your host, Nathan Ragland. Uh, feel free to like, share, subscribe, or follow whatever audio streaming platform you prefer. You can support the podcast with our brand new merch shop on Fourth Wall. Go to, uh, well, link will be in the description below because the link is a long-ass fucking thing. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and some more, oh, Tumblr. I just signed up for Tumblr recently. At Postmod Art Pod for future updates and guest announcements, including today's guest. <clears throat> Hi. They are a digital artist, animator, and VTuber, formerly of the sea, now hacking into your mainframe to provide death by snoo snoo, among other things. Welcome to the podcast, Fairbanks VT. Hello, everyone. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing today, Banksy? I'm doing good. <laughs> I, well, That's my favorite part of the rebrand. People get to call me Banksy. Yeah, ha, ha, it's ha, been me all along. How, how does it feel to be the notorious Banksy that has created some of the most influential artwork of the 21st century? <laughs> I can't dispute that. <laughs> it's like you can neither confirm nor deny it because <laughs> am I lying? Am I telling the truth? You may never know. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I can't argue the accuracy of that anymore. <laughs> exactly. Well, regardless, uh, regardless, thank you for taking the opportunity to be here. I mean, you're certainly someone that I've been definitely keeping an eye on for a while, especially after a certain animation came out that we will definitely address. I mean, I already kind of addressed it, but that doesn't mean I just looked at that one piece and that was all because I you know, followed you since and I've seen some of the cool stuff you've been able to do, both past and present and future. And I definitely hey. want to divulge a lot more into that. But before we divulge into that, I want to go back and learn more or less the origin story of Fairbanks, or at least the, the person behind Fairbanks. What, yeah. what got you interested in art in the first place? Uh, I, I've said this multiple times and I will continue to say it until the day I stop breathing. Um, I don't remember when I started like drawing or doing art. I just know that I never stopped. Okay. Okay. I, I remember like the only like true art class I took was in middle school, but I also know that I had been drawing long before that. That's fair. That's valid. Do you, was there like, I know you said you couldn't really think of a time to where like you had started drawing, but you've just been always drawing for as long as you can remember. Is there any, like, particular, like, 
art pieces or like just drawings or art that you may have done like early on that you think back and think, you know, I, that was that was really impressive of young me to be able to do something like that. Uh Nothing really comes to mind. I okay. have like a few like a few like milestone or cornerstone pieces in um in on my computer somewhere. I'm just okay. like, hey, this is the first time I did this. This is the first time I did that. This is my first animation. <laughs> okay, you know, as long as you make sure to keep a nice little detailed record of every you know milestone for you, because that's always that's always something that I even struggle with sometimes. Like, of like, well, when exactly did I do this, or when exactly was like the first time I did that? That that that. Time is just a flat circle at this point. Let's be honest with ourselves. Time is a weird soup. <laughs> it, is, it is certainly a weird soup. So I'm wondering when along this you know weird soup of a time, when did it go from just like a, a general love that you've kind of just always had for art? to a passion and then wanting to make it your career? Um, <clears throat> I I had always, always done art as like a, like a hobby or just like something that I just enjoyed doing. I never really thought about doing it as a career. Okay. It just kind of, it just kind of sort of happened with the, um, the lockdowns in 2020. Uh, you know what? Yeah. The lockdown certainly did a lot of uh, interesting thing for people and, open up some opportunities that they may not have thought of otherwise. I mean, this, this, pod yeah. this, this podcast is a product of the lockdown. I started this September, 2020. So yeah. Okay. So, I mean, what was it? I'll go and ask this. What was it about like, you know, the lockdown time that kind of like gave you an opportunity to really progress and like truly go down this art path? Um, really it was just something that was kind of thrown at me. Uh, okay. I, I was furloughed from my, from my job. I worked at a consignment store, like a little mom and pop, like consignment shop for like four years. One of my, still one of my favorite jobs. I, I loved working there. It was great. Um, March of March 19th, 2020. It was like, okay, we're, we're going to the lockdown. Everybody go home for like two weeks. And I just kept calling back like, Hey, do you want me to come back? Do you want me to come back? Do you want me to come back? And they, and eventually the owner, sweet little old lady just finally said, you might want to start looking for other employment. I was like, okay. No. So I I opened commissions. Uh, they never really went anywhere. And I had stumbled upon this this cute little website called Two Minute Tabletop. Hi, Vax. Two Minute Tabletop. Okay. Yeah, they, they make um, maps and, like, you know, monster and character tokens for playing D&D &D over digital platforms like Roll20 and Foundry and stuff. Okay. I had seen some of the tokens, like, I can kind of work with these. And I joined their Discord server. I edited a few tokens to match, like, my own D&D characters and the characters in my campaign. Mm -hmm. And midway through April, the founder and owner of Two Minute Tabletop poked me on Discord. I was like, hey, like your stuff. You want a job? Oh. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that. And that's basically been my main source of income since then. You know what? Hey, when an opportunity arises, who who's to you to say no? I mean, that that has to be like like kind of surreal more than anything else. Just kind of one of those like you found like a cool little fun opportunity to to embrace, I guess, part of your hobby, D&D &D and stuff. Yeah. And next thing you know, it's like part of your career. And you're like, oh, that. who am I to stop? Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Not what I was expecting, but fuck it, we ball. 
Well, I'm I'm glad you did bring up the D and D stuff because that's something actually something I definitely wanted to touch upon because obviously like a major part of what you've been able to present out in the world is based on some of the stuff you've done with D and D. So I I mm-hmm. have to know when did you initially get involved with D and D in the first place? It was. Twenty late. It was either late twenty sixteen or early twenty seventeen. Okay. When I first like, when I first like you know gave Dungeons and Dragons like a passing glance because like everybody knows about D and D. It's been around for like fifty years at this point. We all we all knew like like even if you didn't play yourself, we all knew someone in school who was off in the little corner rolling their funny math rocks. Yep. And I admit, like all through high school, middle school, all all through that, I was I was one of those people who was like D and D. That's for that's for nerds. A guiltiest charge here as well. So yeah, but then I watched, um, I saw Dice Camera Action on Twitch, the okay. official D and D live play with um, uh, Pro Jared, Holly Conrad, uh, Nate wants to battle, and uh, Anna Prosser Robinson, I think. I don't know it was it was their original one. Um, and I was like, oh, this looks fun. They're playing through Curse of Strahd. Cool. So I, I looked into it more. I was like, hmm, maybe I maybe I maybe I can probably do something like this. I whipped up a just a generic fucking character in hindsight. It was like a Kenku rogue. Like everybody has one of those. <laughs> Everyone's got to start like, somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Never played them. Okay. Never got enough. to play them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then, like, I sort of lost interest on that, and I had seen some of my friends reblogging things for a little, a little niche, unknown, unheard of D and D podcast by the name of Critical Role. There you go. <laughs> and I was like, "Huh, professional voice actors playing D and D. This looks silly." I I looked it up on the wiki. Because I, I, I had seen, like, pictures of the characters and stuff, and I thought, like, oh, is it, like, animated? Is it an animatic, like, Harmon Quest? Because I'd seen some of that, too. I was like, oh, no, it's just them staring at a camera. And not sure if I'd be interested in that. And then I saw a compilation of Victor the Black Powder Merchant, <laughs> one of the NPCs from Critical Role. And I was like, I'm sold. It's like sign me the fuck up. <laughs> yep, it, I, I I distinctly remember the the moment that sold me. It was um, they go back to a shop and uh, Talison's character Percy knocks on the door. I was like, yes, it's Percival. Do you remember me? No. <laughs> <laughs> and just like the way he said it, and like the perfect time. I was like, okay, this shit's good. Yep. <laughs> I can only imagine, especially because let's be honest, like like Critical Role just as a whole probably did a lot for the D and D community to make it a lot more. Critical mainstream. Role is the reason we have the D and D Renaissance right now. Yeah, yeah, I it's easy to argue that more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, especially and like again, like mad mad respect, like you know the Adventure Zone and yeah. all those other ones like run by um, Dimension Twenty, uh, whatever one friendly Mulligan runs. I can't remember the name. Of, is it Dimension Twenty? I don't remember, but um. All those other like actual plays and live plays, they of course like they they deserve oodles canoodles and toasted rules of respect. Mm-hmm. Quick roll with the flagship. Yep. 
I mean, to be that, fair, that, that's the icebreaker just cruising through modern culture right now. I mean, to be fair, whenever your like campaigns and stuff become so successful enough that a studio takes you seriously and makes it into an animated series, you know you're doing yeah. something right with your D and D campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. God, I I remember like tuning into that to like that announcement stream like the day they announced like hey we're making an animated series here's the link to our kickstarter we have this amount of time to raise this amount of money we're going to be doing a <laughs> we're going to be doing a twitch stream tonight to discuss it and you tune in and it's Matt Marisha and Travis just going <laughs> <laughs> just like thousand yard stairs like what have we done <laughs> it's like what the critter hug of death is real it's like what have we done what did y'all expect <laughs> we can't put it back in the box <laughs> oh goodness so i i can easily see why that series more or less like got a vice grip on you and wanted to get you invested in D more than anything else so yeah i i'm wondering like like i if that being the start, I'm wondering what is it about, like, because watching it and playing it are probably two different things. Like, you know, similar vibes, but they are two different things sometimes. So I'm wondering. Playing it as both a player and a DM is a lot more stressful. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. now there's consequences. <laughs> when will you learn that your actions have consequences? Um... Never! <laughs> I cast Fireball! <laughs> Lightning bolt. Lightning. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> I got. I remember that video. I know, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, that is old internet. That, that is that is a relic of the olden times. Yes. <laughs> so I, I'm wondering, like, what is it about like playing D and D that like creatively gets you going? Like, how is the experience actually like investing yourself in it? Like a, a creative venture for you. I I have like always loved like you know fantasy and like all that stuff. A little bit of sci-fi too, since you know I'm working shit. But um, I remember in high school, I wanted to make my own fantasy novel, like a fantasy comic series. Okay. I had a cast of characters. I had a setting. I had a plot. I'm a bad writer. <laughs> I'm bad at putting things to pen. Yo, I, I had I, like I, all I, these cinematic scenarios floating around in my head. I go to type them out or put them on paper and it's like, ah. <laughs> The <laughs> wait, 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 there might be something else. The and <laughs> mm. again, uh, you say that I cannot believe how much I relate to you when it comes to that stuff because I cannot tell you the amount of times that like I've had this like cool ideas for stuff, but then mm -hmm. I try to put my pen to paper and it's just like four or four error not found. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, uh, the the fact that I've been able to keep a single camp D and D campaign running. For almost five years at this point is a miracle in and of itself. Oh, you know what? I that's I applaud you for that one more than anything else. That is that is a testament. I mean, I've heard of some D and D campaigns lasting for years and such. But I mean, even, oh yeah. But even then, like you know, like I will be upfront honest with you. I've only been a part of one D and D campaign. I'm looking to get into more. I want to get invested in some more. Uh, but I've only been in one. And it was whenever I was in college and the person I was rooming with was like the DM for it. And we only played like three or four sessions or whatnot. And then like, you know, people got busy and stuff like that. Yeah, that, 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 that's I how it goes. Like, it. like a common saying among like the D&D community is 
the the true BBEG of all D and D campaigns is scheduling. Yep. Yep. Scheduling has killed more, has ended more campaigns than Red Dragons and Beholders combined. <laughs> you know what? Fair value. So I can only imagine, especially whenever you have like a, uh, a session that you've been basically having for like five years and stuff like that. I can only imagine mm-hmm. how many others you've either been involved with or DMing yourself. I can only imagine some of the interesting stories that you guys are presenting more than anything else. Can you think of like some of the best like stories or some of the best highlights from a D&D campaign? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, as I said, like I've been having this campaign going for almost five years. It has not been with the same group of characters. Oh. The only party member who has been around literally since session zero is the wizard. That seems like it originally started with four characters. It was Gideon, the tiefling wizard, Hawk, the Arakokra bard, Chasmir, the drow rogue, and Sathira, the white dragonborn barbarian. Okay. Due to real life things, uh, the rogue and barbarian had to step away. Again, like due to just, you know, real life stuff. I think the barbarian like legit got burnt out of D&D or Said they didn't like it, and the the rogue had like some uh, some personal things they needed to take care of. Fair. So I I asked around to like so a group of like so other friends like, hey, I'm running a D and D campaign. I really don't want it to just you know fizzle out at level five. So you want to come in and play? And I had like two people say like, sure. Uh, one of them became the um, the new barbarian, and we gained a cleric who was played by. Birdism, who would later become my girlfriend. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it sort of just continued on from there. Uh, the second barbarian eventually, far way farther down the line, they also had to leave given um, uh, negative things happening in their life beyond their control. And they actually they actually joined the Marines oh. for whatever reason. But good for them. Yeah, I was like, good for them. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the player who played the original barbarian actually came back with a different character, a Goliath fighter. Interesting. Yeah, she likes the big ladies. <laughs> uh, we I, had, I, think, I think you could attest to that. <laughs> yeah, we had a halfling monk come in for a little bit and then leave. Uh, we had another drow rogue come in, stay for a while, and then leave. We had a human warlock come and go as well. Uh, an Asimar cleric, it was a two cleric party for a little bit, come. They... They stepped away for life reasons and were politely asked not to come back. Understandable. Yeah. Without going into too much detail, they they they're basically the um. They basically became the Orion Akaba of our of my campaign. Mm, gotcha. If you know, you know. <laughs> like I'm, I'm thankful for everything they they brought to the table, but. Yeah, don't talk to them anymore. Yeah, yeah, you know, certain things happen, and you just kind of have to move on with certain things. Yeah, yeah, but the um, the halfling monk eventually came back. Okay, uh, we gained a half elf fighter, uh, fighter warlock, another white dragonborn. This time, a paladin who okay. also had to leave for you know life reasons, mm-hmm. and um, finally we gained another Goliath, another Goliath fighter, a lot of. <laughs> race is coming to me going it seems <laughs> yeah. so the current party is um the uh oh the um the the, uh, the arakoka bard also left due to um they, they were moving and they had like a 
everything going on in their lives, so they just kind of right. like stayed away. I've invited them to come back. They said if their schedule allows it, they're more than happy to. They just have a lot of catching up to do. Yeah, fair enough. They left at level like 12 and the party's level 20. Oh, lovely. <laughs> but uh, the current party is um, a tiefling wizard, elf cleric, another elf cleric, which is a DM NPC controlled by me. There you go. <laughs> uh, half elf warlock fighter, um, halfling monk, and goliath fighter. So party is... Six decent party size. Yeah, I mean that's it, the, the the characters that you just seem to be going through makes it sound like this could be like the Saturday Night Live of D and D campaigns, just with the revolving door of characters. You're not wrong. <laughs> but as for as for like truly memorable like standout moments, there are two. Okay, let's go. I had set up a um a sort of like a kidnapping mystery. Um, little storyline that involved like a bunch of children going missing, a suspicious noble family, and a friend of the party who was a um, a guard captain on the verge of losing his job if he continued to pursue this because the true guard captain thought like, "Hey, it's a dead end. Like we have gotten nothing from this. Is it a waste of time and resources? Just let it go." Hmm. Like you know, makes sense. Like okay, like it, it's a cold case to pursue. It is. A waste of our time and resources. We have other things that we need to be focusing on right now. But the lieutenant was like, no, I, I want to solve this. It's like, okay, you can solve it, but if you don't do it in two weeks, you hand in your badge. That sort of thing. So like help the help the NPC and solve a crime in the in the, in the process. Right. And I figured it would be like like a race against the clock, like scouring the city, finding clues. The wizard was like, hmm, that's an illusory wall. Walk. <laughs> Just walked right through it. I was like, <laughs> looked at my notes, picked them up, put them in the trash, and just went with it. <laughs> what was going to be possibly weeks of intrigue and skullduggery and subversion became, oh, look, there's the bad guy. Kill. <laughs> There's that one, and it's, the other it, one... Sorry, sorry. It's always beautiful when the game of chance just rolls in the way that the DM just has to be like, for fuck's sakes. <laughs> I One thing I will always tell, like, new and uh, burgeoning DMs is, as the dungeon master, you do not control the story. The players control the story. Nope. Your job is to sit there and tell them what happens when they decide to pinch the guards. <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter what storylines you set up. If the party wants to go a different route, they're going a different route. Yep. The, um, the other the other epic standout moment in the campaign. You know what Tarask is? Not off the top of my head, no. Uh, the Tarask is basically the Dungeons & Dragons equivalent of Godzilla. Okay. It shows up every now and then. And when it does, it is a literal walking apocalypse. As kingdoms that have lasted I, kingdoms that have lasted for thousands of years the Tarask walks through them and they are just left in absolute ruins as you expect from a D&D version of Godzilla understandable yep, it it's 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 not an evil creature it's not a good creature it is unaligned it is just a being of destruction that is its purpose in life the party finds it it is asleep they accidentally wake it up oh, and now they have to stop it before it gets to a city Mm. Okay. They have help 
from a storm giant and an ancient brass dragon, which some of you may may already know. Mm, okay. So they are they're attacking this thing from all sides. Oh, also a um a sorcerer friend of the party, um, an NPC also joined in. Is like, hey, we need help. I'm on it. Just flies in. Uh, they're they're like they're on a flying broom. They're on a flying carpet. There, it's like a big aerial battle around this thing as it's still trudging forward and like trying to be stopped. The halfling, the halfling monk, okay, who is three feet tall, punches it in the face. I like the and odds. Knocks it prone. What? <laughs> you had me in the first half. The, not gonna lie. <laughs> The three-foot-tall halfway monk knocked the Tarask prone. <laughs> the Tarask is basically a battle map in and of itself. And she just punch. <laughs> I think I flavored it like, you punch it so hard, it goes to swat at you like a mosquito. You dodge out of the way, and it just slaps itself in the face and knocks itself off balance and falls to the ground. Dungeons and Dragons, y'all. I'm sorry. Did they roll like three perfect nat twenties to get this situation? Like, what the? Fuck? They, they. I think they they rolled it. Like, I don't know if it was a nat twenty, but it was a really good hit. Mm-hmm. And the Tarask rolled a natural one on its save against being knocked prone because you know way of the open hand to get a strength save against it. I was like, it could use a legendary resistance, but this is really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> like i could make this make sense or i could make this fun <laughs> yeah i i could make this epic from a story to for like you know a oh this guy means business standpoint or i could make this an epic moment for the player yep. <laughs> i'm gonna go make this an epic moment for the player they will remember till the day they die there you go that's a, that's a good way of looking at it especially for like the the player and like mm-hmm. all these different characters that you had talked about just yeah from the, just from the player's aspect but i know for mm-hmm. you as a player yourself you've introduced a good cast of characters yourself with some of the people that you've introduced i want to start with actually one of the ones that i've seen you use a very prominently um and that is one of a character by the name of laura Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, Laura. T- tell me about this Laura character, please. So she is a human draconic bloodline sorcerer. Uh, I'm I made a live TV model of her because I love my D and D characters a completely normal amount. What are you talking about? <laughs> Look, if you have if you have the ability to make them come to life. <laughs> yeah. Um. Originally, she started out as an NPC. For my campaign. Okay. Because fun fact, this is technically the second campaign I've run. The first one I ever ran fell apart after a few months because some of the players were toxic motherfuckers. I can see so, well, I, I can see how the foundation is not exactly strong on that one. Yeah. So like four months of playing and me not knowing how to how to you know pace a story. Mm-hmm. They were like already 11, 11 like four months later. I was like, hmm, I don't like the way this, I don't like the direction this is going in. I don't like the energy at the table. So I'm just going to completely level this campaign and start fresh and literally like hit stop, rewind and refresh and just literally play the same campaign over again with different flavors. Okay. Um, And Lura had just been introduced as an NPC 
in the original campaign. And I, I kind of like the feel of her a little bit. I was like, okay, this, this could be a fun NPC. Because she was actually intended to secretly be the BVEG. Mm, okay. Yep. So with the restart of the campaign, I was like, okay, I'm going to rework some things. And now instead of coming in like midway through the game and sort of coming out of nowhere, she is now a prominent figure throughout the campaign from session zero. <laughs> like literally the first session of the camp of the new campaign was to go rescue her because she got stuck in a swamp. Oh, lovely. Yep. She was doing re she, she, she was a sorcerer. She works for a, or worked for a, a arcane academy known as the Viridian Lyceum. Okay. She was the chief draconologist, being, you know, a draconic bloodline sorcerer, sort of her forte. She was in a swamp doing research and got attacked by an ogre. And pretty much got kidnapped. So they basically said, hey, go look for her, please. Wait, so we they found her. We kind of need her, yeah. Yeah, she she's a, she has a seminar to do like next week, so we kind of need her alive. <laughs> but rapidly became a um, a a party favorite, a one of their one of their biggest allies and supporters. Meanwhile, behind the she behind the scenes, every time they leave the room, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <clears throat> that's her as the NPC because. The true BBEG of my campaign has been a homebrew demigod by the name of Zarula. Oh, okay. She is a colossal black dragon, the firstborn child of Tiamat. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and if you actually take Lura's name, Lura Miazel, and flip the letters around a little bit, it spells, I am Zarula. Mm. I fucking Voldemort in my own party. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, you did. You basically mm -hmm. did. <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a fun reveal when it happened. <laughs> that, but, that, that, it's stuff like that, like hearing like the creativity you can implement with a story like that and some mm -hmm. of the different elements is why I want to be involved with D&D campaigns. Like, cause I know oh, 90, like 90% of running a D&D campaign is just plagiarizing every piece of media you have consumed <laughs> throughout your entire life. I'm not joking. <laughs> I, I'm not. No, I'm not. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, damn, you're so bluntly true. <laughs> you're right. And I'm angry about it. <laughs> but as a um, as as a player character, um, Lura always had like a cover story. Like, OK, I can't have people knowing I'm secretly a demigod trying to take over the world. This is my cover story. Mm hmm. And I basically took that cover story and I was like, you know what? I'm going to expand upon this and make this an actual D&D character. Okay. And I did. And I... It is one of the favorite stories I've written, one of the favorite characters I've written. I've written a bunch of D&D characters. But none of them have, like, had the staying power in my mind and heart as Laura has. Because, like, someone who's, like, super confident flamboyant, sassy. It's such a disconnect from me. It's like, oh, this is fun to play and explore because I'm a very quiet person. Yep. Like, I 
I don't know how to start conversations, even people I I like and pe- even my friends. I'm like, hi. That's it. <laughs> hi, how are you? So like having someone who can like enter in, like just throw open the door and just go, hello, everyone. How are you today? <laughs> it's like open arm, like here I am. Love me. Like that kind of that kind of personality, but not being a super entitled bitch about it. Yep, there you go. There you go. I was gonna, yeah. say, I was gonna say the 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 one D and D campaign I was involved with. Like, it's I, I can think my character is somewhat of a similar situation of like being someone that's completely different, but also like somewhat of a em, embracing of like who I am as a person and such. I can't, yeah. I can't remember the exact race, and you might know if I say this, but I was basically like a bird person kind of thing. I can't. Aracocra. There you go. That's exactly what it was. So I was that, and I'm sure you probably know like the personality traits when it comes like that see me i'm just this humble you know somewhat loud but like more or less like a you know like very nice person and such yeah. the fact that as you know the the bird person i get to be like a little sassy and a little sly and just like mm-hmm. you know, oh okay so how how exactly do you intend for us to do this you say like the, mm-hmm. the fact that yeah. i get, to, I get to, to to cheese it up a little bit when it comes to that like it was just fun to like get into that character a little bit yeah, and like my my very first D and D character I ever played was a uh, a dragonborn barbarian. Okay, who was like, oh, this is what we're doing. Fuck yeah, let's go. <laughs> like, like okay, here's the plan because they 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 weren't a grog. They weren't like you know big dumb buddy. I would like to rage. <laughs> they they were a former soldier who kind of like had a mission go wrong and basically discharged themselves, okay. which had, you know, its own implications for a story down the line. Right. Right. But like they, they had, they had some tacticalness to their, to their mind. It was like, okay, so we do this. This is a pincer maneuver. Let's go. Ah! <laughs> Discharge in. He was fun and later became an NPC in my campaign. Like, well, there you that's go. what I do. Like if, if I make a D and D character and I don't play them for a while, they eventually just become NPCs. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, especially with some of the characters that, again, like you've only teased upon and such. The one thing I wanted to say with Laura is I love how like it's become more or less like a strong part of you that you've been able to, like you've said, like basically bring her to life in so many different aspects. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about like the live two D model that you made of her, but like you've also done like some animations with her as well. Oh as yeah, I've done a bunch of animations for. Her. Like I can only imagine. Some, some safe, some not. <laughs> Trust me, I've seen a few of them. Uh, I looked at I, 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 I looked at your spicy account. Don't worry. Um, I I have to do my research thoroughly. Okay, you know. Uh, no, no arguments here. But I I will say like the, the one thing I love like especially seeing like some of the animations of her like personally like the one that I certainly enjoy is actually the one that you've personally said is like your favorite animation that you've ever done and I was yeah. like because I feel like especially watching that it was probably like the best embodiment of her as a character especially hearing you describe oh, yeah. her more than anything else like I, I, I have I have said multiple times like her her ideal voice if like for some weird reason I ever got to like sit in the shoes of Matt Mercer and have like my campaign be animated in a TV series. Her ideal voice, Kate Blanchett. Yep. That's valid. That's a good one. Yep. Yep. Hella was one of her inspirations. Yep. Exactly. I, I, I <laughs> can easily see that inspiration more or less come through. And like, I, I want to talk about like just the animations in general, just for like a quick second, because I love like your animation style. And I like, thank you. Especially like your art style in general. Like what exactly is an inspiration for kind of the, the art style that you have of like the somewhat cartoony, but like still like almost like the, the dragon's lair, uh, esque style or like, yes, style. yes, yes. So 
I, I have always loved Don Bluth animations, Sword of the Stone, obviously Land Before Time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's like the early Disney stuff, Dragon's Lair, of course. Now, again, Don Bluth, one of my favorite animators. Um, I, I had always loved and grown up with like that style of animation, like the early Disney stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had on VHS, like Sword in the Stone, um, Beauty and the Beast, Sleeping Beauty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Aristocats. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that has always been a major driving inspiration. And just Disney in general. I I am a Disney kid. Hey, hey. Like, Get I... Get charged. <laughs> yep. I, I, I know Be Our Guest and Under the Sea by heart. <laughs> Wait a second. So but, the, um, the, the old one or the new one that is supposedly woke or something along the lines of that? I haven't seen the new one. <laughs> I, I, I heard the new ver- the the um the uh, version yeah. of Under the Sea for the um, the live action remake. It's fine. Yeah. It it kind of falls flat. It really does. Meanwhile, the um the live action version of Be Our Guest is phenomenal. Oh no, it is absolutely like that. They, they really. I mean, took- Ewan McGregor as <laughs> Lumiere. <laughs> you can't argue with that. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You cannot argue against Obi Wan Kenobi singing. You can't. <laughs> But, but but going back to like the animations and stuff, like, yeah. seriously, like you know, seeing that like you know the the, the early Disney like Don yeah. style like coming through or whatnot, like I think mm-hmm. you perfectly like encapsulate that style more than anything else. Yeah, I, I remember I I had always wanted to animate for years and years and years, but never had the resources to do so. I didn't have a light table, so I couldn't do it on paper. Okay. I was working with like my first foray into digital art was. Was fucking um, Microsoft Microsoft Paint? Hey, you can't, you can't animate in Microsoft Paint. <laughs> <laughs> I tried; it didn't work. But I, I tried GIMP. I got like a blink, and that was it. It didn't. It didn't look good at all. It was barely an animation. It was more like a slideshow. Um. So that just sort of like always sat on the back burner of like something I eventually wanted to do. Okay. And one of my artist friends who goes by uh, who goes by Zonis, another phenomenal artist, uh, more more the NSFW crowd, but they had started doing animation. I was like, huh, how do you, like what program do you do you use to animate? And he mentions Clip Studio Paint, and I was like, okay, where do I acquire this studio of the paint clips? Sent me the link. I installed it. Boom. And it was like just kind of like a coiled spring. <laughs> it was like something I wanted to do for so long and so long and so long. And now I finally had the opportunity. Yep. I just dove headfirst into it. I did a ball bounce. I did another ball bounce <laughs> and did another ball bounce and then went straight into the fun stuff. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Like one of the um, one of my earliest long animations starred Laura and uh, my friend Zonis's character Risky with some um, some some magical shenanigans, which I I'm pretty sure you may have seen if you if you uh, dug deep enough. (laughs) But yeah, I I I did that before I even did like the basic exercise of a walk cycle or like the flower sack animation. I was like, no, fuck that shit. I'm doing this. (laughs) 
And then it went back. It's like, okay, knowing this stuff actually kind of helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it certainly wouldn't wouldn't hurt more than anything else. I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> like it, it, it's so cool to know that, like, especially whenever you got that like clip studio paint or clip studio art, like the instant you had mm. that, it just kind of opened a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> Which I mean, it's incredible, especially seeing, like, much. How, especially seeing how much you've been able to, to develop that, seeing the animations you have at a hand and stuff like that. Like, I can only imagine, like, ever since you've really devoted yourself to animation, it must be surprising to you how much you've been able to develop and like the art you've been able to produce because of it. Oh yeah, it, and I, I will admit, like, animation is a slog. Yeah, oh, cool. it is yeah. long. It is tedious. You will be drawing the same freaking thing over and over and over again with tiny little changes. Mm -hmm. But at the end, when you step back and hit play, it is like, oh, yes. I love this. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, like, the, the way animation was for you was more or less the way that, like, podcasting was for me. It's one of those, like, I had always thought about doing mm -hmm. something like this to where, sorry, I've always wanted to do like some sort of like creative venture like this, you know, maybe doing like some sort of live streaming or like the interview aspect or whatnot. I just didn't know like where to start, where to upload stuff. And like all it just took was like talking to some people and looking around online and stuff. Next thing I know, seeing how easy it was, it just opened the floodgates and here we are. Yep. I mean, you know, a hundred some odd episodes later, just doing this stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I and, and I wanted to say, like, I found it so ironic. You were talking about, like, you know, learning all these different, you know, stuff, doing the fun magic stuff. But, like, you didn't even learn to do a walk cycle yet. Which is ironic, considering the fact that the animation that everyone knows you for is quite is possibly, a walk cycle. It's a walk cycle. So, I've been nice long enough. Let's just jump into it. What, insp uh, what inspired you to make the now legendary Death by Snoo Snoo animation? So there is a story behind this. I, I want this story. <laughs> Remember that brass dragon I mentioned in my D&D campaign? Oh, That's yes. her. Mm -hmm. It's a Servana, if I remember correctly. So the dragon's name is Servana. Servana. Yep. Her human disguise, disguise, goes by Sovereign Ortega. No first name, because I couldn't think of one. <laughs> she is a favorite yet ultimately minor NPC okay. in my campaign because she's only shown up like three times. She doesn't have a strong bearing on the current like location of the world the campaign is set in. She she rules a completely separate continent mm -hmm. or country. But I'm, I'll be the first to call myself out. I like the muscle ladies, most because they're fun to draw and yeah. it's honestly a fun challenge. <laughs> Um, so I knew like, okay, I wanted to have this character who is larger than life and clearly there's something about her. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead. Big, beefy as all hell, put She-Hulk to shame. Mm -hmm. I was like, she is going to be a dragon. And she quickly became a, a, a party favorite, just given like, you know, stature, presence, personality, like the kind of person like super confident, knows what they want. Um, and just shit like that. Like basically they radiate big dick energy. Yep, yep. That's that that honestly that that is the best way to describe, especially the the the, the look on her face as she does the walk cycle. Like just straight up. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Like, I, one of my favorite ways to describe her is, legends say her muscles were sculpted by the gods. Uh, you know what? That is... Funny thing, though. Oh. She is one of a trio of three dragons. Mm-hmm. A brass... She is the brass dragon. There is also a silver dragon named Valdanis. Okay. Who is sort of a reclusive sh- shut-in, who also has a, um, a physical disability that has not come up in the campaign yet. Okay. Because of a will. He's missing one of his arms. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Got a little too overzealous in his ancient old age and decided to take on a bunch of storm of uh, frost giants by himself. Did not go well. I'll say that seems about right. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, he actually has a a prosthetic uh, forelimb made of his own ice. Interesting. Yeah. And then the odd one of the bunch is Blightwing, a green dragon. Hmm. He is smart enough to know that evil does not work. <laughs> but in their in their true dragon forms, brass dragons are tiny. Oh, uh, okay. In terms of dragons. Like they are like the smallest of all dragons at their ancient age. Okay. So to have her human form be eight feet tall is like, it's literally, it's just a flex. (laughs) Because the other two, their human forms are like 6'1 and 5'11. Okay. I was like, yeah, we we don't need to be larger than life. We're going to hide. Fuck that. I'm awesome. It's just kind of, uh, I guess, the best way to say she's compensating for the small size and dragon. Yeah, form. pretty much. <laughs> it, 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 she, she's compensating. She is totally compensating. But um, she again, she she is a party favorite, and it didn't happen the first time they met her. Okay. But the first time they met her, they were at a party. Um, it didn't happen the second time they met her because they had shit to do. Right. Third time they met her, third time's the charm, the halfling monk and the elf cleric DM NPC, they had snoo snoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. And of course, like, you know, to respect all the players at the table, anytime something like that happens, cut to black. Yep. Yep. And as the doors close on her bed chambers, what are the rest of you guys doing? <laughs> Shit like that. Like, we'll get back to you after the fact. You guys need you guys need rest. But yeah, just because of that, and like that happened, and I think about a month or so later, I'm just scrolling through TikTok and Pokemon uh Scarlet and Violet had just had like just been announced. Okay. And everybody was going gaga over Professor Seda. Right, right. Because she had three little lines on her stomach, which means abs. Mm-hmm. So people started calling her the Unga Bunga Professor. That's right. So, I, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of them looks like they peddle cryptocurrency. The other looks like Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> It's not wrong. It's no, it's not wrong. <laughs> you, it's that is wrong, but it is not incorrect. <laughs> but I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see somebody make an animation of obviously a beefed up Professor Seda right. with thighs thicker than her fucking waistline, and it's put to the audio that would later become 
synonymous with the animation. Right. And it had, it, it was just like some other artists art of the character and doing a little death by snoo snoo chant was, I guess like their, like their Typhlosion character as a human, like doing little, like a little, a little like dance, not like fully animated, like little pose, 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 pose. Right. Like that was the initial inspiration. I found the audio. I was like, you know what? This is basically Kelly and Ortega. <laughs> I sent that TikTok to the player who plays the halfling monk, and they were like, yes. <laughs> I was like, I know what I must do. And I scribbled up the little shit post. <laughs> and it sat unfinished for a couple months. I had like worked on it here and there. Because again, animation is a slog, and yes. I'm an ADHD riddled gremlin. I lose interest on things really quickly. Fair enough. I go from hyperfixation to hyperfixation, like the changing of the seasons. It happens. Sometimes I go back to things. Sometimes I don't. Yep. <laughs> like it happens. But I, I got it to like where it's a finished sketch animation, and I'm showing it to my friends, and like they all love it. And everyone's saying, like, dude, you need to put this online. You need to put this online. You need to put this online. People will love it. I was like, eh, maybe when it's finished. Maybe, when it, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, and I'm talking to one of my friends. Do you know Chi-Chi? I know Chi-Chi. I, Chi-Chi's, someone yep. I've been, Chi-Chi's someone I've been wanting to have on this podcast for a long while now. She, she is such a sweetheart. Mm-hmm. I'm chatting with Chi-Chi. I show that to her. And she's like, you need to put this online right now. I was like, eh, maybe when it's finished. Like, no. Now, do it. Trust me. I was like, all right, all right. I'll throw it up on TikTok. 20 minutes later. 3,000 views. And counting. That seems about right. (laughs) I had to put my phone on the charger because it would not stop going off. (laughs) And I was like... Okay. Okay. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> I know what I must and do. And then now. I did. <laughs> and let me let me actually check my um check the old the old phone here. Let's see. Let's see what we're currently sitting at <laughs> right now in terms of the viewage on the TikTok. Four million views. Yep. <laughs> Four million views on TikTok. And it's a fucking shit post <laughs> for a niche group of people who will only understand the context if you're in that group. And so, yet, everybody can fucking relate to it. I was like, look, sometimes you don't need the context. Sometimes you just see nope. big muscular lady walking towards you. And sometimes you, think, you just see something and you're like, mood. <laughs> you see something and you're just, you're just, you're with Callie on the side right there. Death by Snoo Snoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I, I've, I don't know if I'll have the time to do it. I really don't. But what I want to do, because it's, it's coming up on its one year anniversary. Yeah, which is insane to think about. <laughs> it really is. But what I kind of want to do, even if it's just a sketch, I want to do an updated version. Oh, okay. Like that shows like the full dragon form and like, you know, Ortega's full body doing the full walk. I also need to redo the walk cycle because that is not how a body works when it's walking. Like the anatomy on it, it even even some of the newer ones is a bit, uh, bit fucky. But, you know, you learn as you go. Yeah. 
Another thing I want to do is um, see if I can't get um, uh, Danny, who plays Callie in my campaign, to actually do the chant herself. Because it's not my audio. It is not my audio. The audio belongs to another creator on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I, I try to remember to link the original audio when I can, but I think it also got taken down for some reason. Cause I remember I'm, I'm going to dinner with, with my girlfriend. We're, we're going to red lobster and I'm like, I wonder how it's doing. Huh? I can't hear anything. Turn the phone up. Why is the audio not playing? And apparently got the, the animation got muted. Oh, lovely. But only the finished one, the sketch animation still had its audio because that was not credited to the original because that audio was not credited to the original creator. That was still, quote unquote, my audio. So I was like, okay, <laughs> that audio. <laughs> but I also did it kind of wrong. So now the um, the original also kind of cuts out right at the end. Yeah, like the last like half second of the animation is mute on TikTok. I, I cannot fix it. There's only so much you can control, especially with a, a weird, fucky situation like that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, even then, just thinking about all the stuff you just talked about right there, to say that it is surreal to see this shit post blow up the way it does is probably putting it lightly. It's probably an understatement. I am going to be 80 years old in a retirement home if the world hasn't imploded yet, and someone is going to walk up to me and go, "Aren't you the death by snoo snoo guy?" And I'll be like, "Huh? Hey, who are you?" I'm from the war, a non-specified war of 19 uh, This is going to be my fucking legacy. No matter what I do, no matter if I work for Disney, if I work for Pixar, if I work for DreamWorks, no matter what I do as a career, everybody will always get, it's always going to know me as the death by Snoo Snoo guy. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's just gonna be my my fucking thing. I mean, if of all the things you could potentially be known for, that's at least gotta be one of the more fun things to be known for. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, at least you're like somewhat embracing it. You're not just being like, yeah. I am begrudgingly <laughs> embracing it. Well, I mean, I was like, uh, yeah, that's me. I mean, you say that, but you also open up commissions to where if other model people wanted to have their models doing the death by snoo walk, you still do it for them. Like, yeah, because I know people love it. <laughs> exactly. I will say one of my personal favorite ones, aside from the original, is the one you did for a uh, uh, Minerva Party Demoness. Yes, that, that, one, that is, I think, my favorite just because of the technical aspect behind it. Yes, like, I I spent two hours in audacity. To get the TTS to replicate the chant the way it did. <laughs> and not only that, I had to do like five or so different takes to get the transition between like the uh, the lighting effects between her regular form and blacklight mode to work. Right. Yeah, that was the part that was going to like just just credit you on more than anything else. Like that's that's my favorite part. The, the, the transition between the two. Yeah. It like looks so fucking like crisp and like yeah. you do. Like ba- basically what I did, what I did for that was um, so so the way. From a technical point, the way that Death by Snoozum animations work is it is typically a seven-frame animation loop that is mirrored to mimic the other half of the step. Right. It gets a bit funny if, like, the character has, like, asymmetrical clothing or, like, body patterns because it's not perfectly symmetrical, which, you know, ups the price and difficulty. Right. Um, so... 
what I did for Min's was when I color these, I separate every color into its own little, its own layer. So like the skin has its own layer. The hair has its own layer. Clothing color A, clothing color B, clothing color C, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like the face is typically on its own layer. Like any, any like, like skin markings are on their own layer. Mm -hmm. So what I did for men's was I got the first walk cycle, the first part of the walk cycle, just like normal light, the blue and the, uh, the magenta Got that working. Looks good. Okay. I duplicated that. I duplicated the layer, which had like the full walk cycle already done. And I just changed the colors. Just changed the colors to the black light, to her black light mode. Right. And just like, kind of like spaced out the timing of the actual like uh, layers themselves. Like, okay, now this one shows. Now this one shows. Now this one shows. Now this one shows. I mean that that that's that it's certainly a, a testament more than anything else. Seeing like the different colors, different aspects of it. Like I said, the, just getting the TTS bot to just work perfectly the way you want it yeah. to like is another thing on. So I I'm genuinely curious because I know you've like you've done some like for personal reasons and like done stuff that you personally want to do, and obviously you've done some for commissions as well. I would say mm -hmm. I know one of the ones that goes back to one of your previous points. You did one for one of the characters for Critical Role, which is also really well done yep. as well. So like yeah, that was that was that was the first one to pass a million views on our Twitter. There you go, there you go. And both Matt Mercer and Laura Bailey liked it. There you go. <laughs> gotta love whenever, <laughs> gotta love whenever those content creators you look up to like re recognize your hard work as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm genuinely curious: is there now it could be for the Death by Snoozy Walk or just in general? Like, is there a character that you would personally like to take a stab at and try to animate as well? Hmm. Um. I'd like to maybe animate She-Hulk at some point because that's one of my favorite Ooh. my favorite Marvel characters. I got a poster of She-Hulk on my wall. Oh, there you go. Um. Other than that, I want to do more animations with like you know dragons or dinosaurs. Because I like dragons and dinosaurs. Hey, you know what? Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're such unique creatures, and especially when it comes to like certain things like walk cycles or like interactions and stuff yeah. like that. It leaves a lot of open opportunities for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a... I will say, like, it's incredible seeing, like, all the stuff you've had at hand with, like, animation and stuff like that and, like, D&D &D and stuff like that. And throughout all this stuff that we're talking about, you've also found a way to get involved with streaming, most notably VTubing, more than anything else. Yeah. So I, I, I definitely want to go down this path now. What got you interested in streaming in the first place? Let me start by asking that. Okay, so I'm the kind of person who, like, I work better if I know I am being watched. Okay. Like, I... I don't know if this is, like, how I was fucking conditioned in school because, um... I, 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 I am autistic. I am high-functioning autistic. Okay. Uh, my school did not know what high-functioning means. Mm. So I was, I was constantly hounded and shadowed. Even if you had, like, just mild ADHD, they... They treated you like a baby. Mm. Yeah, they were not. They were not a good crowd. So I don't know if it's just like them, like just coming back to haunt me with me being like I work better 
if I know like I have an audience or someone is watching me, like, okay, so this will let it, it helps me focus and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. So I, I had tried streaming before a couple of times. Just like, you know, with 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 face cam. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um I had tried art streaming, which got a decent a decent amount of attention. I had like an average of maybe an average of four people. Hey, that's but, that, that's that's something. That's a, that's better a than zero. Exactly. <laughs> I think like at my highest, it was like nine because my one of my friends who was streaming Maple Story at the time gave me a raid and I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> anyway, but all of the times I had tried streaming, it had completely fallen through because more times more often than not, I was I was streaming to an empty room and it just got more disheartening than anything. But then in late 2021, um, I was scrolling on Twitter and once again, bringing it back up, my friend's honest. He reblogged one of his friends commission commission sheets. And it had this like this nice comic book like style of this beefy goblin lady with like this <laughs> massive femur bone for a warhammer. Okay. I was like, oh, this is a nice artist. I like this. Who is this artist? And they went by the name of Red Claw. Oh, okay. Yeah. I sent them a DM. I was like, hey, you like you seem to like dinosaurs and beefy ladies. I too enjoy dinosaurs and beefy ladies. Have a scribble of a dinosaur and a beefy lady. And he was like, yes. <laughs> and we just started talk, chatting every now and then. And I decided to tune into a stream. Because my, my first, like... Knowledge of VTubers was like, you know, the um, the super duper like, you know, anime e-girl crowd, which, you know, is that that's their crowd. Yeah. Not really my cup of tea. I was like, OK, it's the it's like I want to be an anime character on the Internet. That's that's great. Good for you. So. I had also found Juniper um, Ego Cider. OK. Who is less not super anime, Kind of anime, but I have like such, that, that's such a unique design. I was like, "Oh, that's not a generic anime girl. Right. That's actually something." Okay, so I took another look at it, and then I t- tuned into Red Stream and was like, "Oh, he's just a fucking dinosaur. <laughs> that's just a straight up dinosaur." Yep. Cool. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'll. I'll give it a try. I scribbled up a little, scribbled up a little PNG of um, Hammer the Shark, who I was at the time. Yep. And tried, tried my hand at it. I was a PNG at the start, and I had like a few, a, a, a few people. Like, I think I had again four or six on the the first, the very first stream. I just think it was a um, was it Dark Souls? No, Dark Souls was the first game I played on stream. I think my first stream was just a just a regular art stream. Okay. And it, it grew from there. And I I came to enjoy it. There there were a few streams where um I would look at chat and it would just be blank for the entirety of the stream. Uh I had those the brain worms come creeping in of like, no one's watching, no one cares, what am I doing? 
the next stream, people will chat, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just decided to decided to stick with it. Well, good, good. I mean, I'm certainly glad you you've stuck with it to develop this cool audience that you've had so far. And I'm glad that you also talked about like obviously like some of the inspirations that you had when it came to to Red Claw and such. And Red Claw is the reason I became a VTuber. There you I will go. say that I will never stop saying that. <laughs> I mean, you I have him to blame for me. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I mean for anyone that has not seen a Red Claw stream, you're you're missing out because like the the guy is certainly a personality more than anything else. Mm-hmm. He's a dinosaur. He is a dinosaur. He's certainly a dinosaur. <laughs> and like uh, uh, that that's another thing, like why his model is so unique. Because like you have people like you have VTubers who are like, you know, uh, like my VTuber is is um is a um is a lightning bug and it's anime character with antennas and a glowy butt. My character is a hellhound anime girl with ears and a tail. My character is an orca. I'm looking at you, Shy Lily. <laughs> <laughs> like anime girl with markings and a tail. And if that's the look you want to go for, go for it. Perfectly I, valid. I, I was, but to I, see I, someone who's like their their avatar is literally just a fucking T-Rex. <laughs> it's such it's come so far out of left field. It was like, oh, okay. That's the one thing it, I it, it stands out. That's the one thing I love when it comes to like VTubers and stuff like that. Because like, yeah, you do have a good chunk of them that are just, you know, anime person yeah. with, with small distinct things mm -hmm. and whatnot. But yeah. like, especially if you go more towards the indie side, the creativity yeah. some of these people have with how they play oh, their yeah. models, like it blows my mind more than anything else. That's what I love about mm -hmm. VTubers more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah, like look, look at creators like Cabal. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the reason, like the reason he stands out among VTubers is because his design is just so unique and it's so eye-catching. It's like, oh, there's the funny purple noodle man. Exactly. Yeah. Like you, you see, you see, like a sea of VTubers, and if Cabal's in the audience, your eye can go, there he is. <laughs> there's the funny spooky noodle man. I was gonna say, like one of the first ones that got me interested in VTubing in the first place is uh, was previously Archie Grandpa, but now Eldritch Grandpa. I mean, hey. not, not many people are going to portray themselves as an old man on the internet. Uh, yeah, yeah. VTubing, especially one as unique as as Sam, who get, get implements like the the Eldritch elements and such, like the you know creepy character in the background or yeah. like the tentacle coming out of his hand and such. Yeah, <laughs> another another VTuber whose design is so unique that I love and um. I, I want to draw more, but it's also kind of a pain in the ass to draw, is um, the Viscera, the Cryptid Coven. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. For one, it's an it's a body type that you don't typically see in the VTuber community. She, her model is is heavyset. Yep, exactly. I was going to yeah. say, I was gonna say like, you know, you say that, and I also think of what is it, uh, Kaiju Fluffs as well. Like the way yes, that, yes, yeah. Stacy. I love Stacy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, really she she is that. such a sweetheart. She she went she went my best friend. <laughs> exactly, and so like in all of this, funny you say in all the sea of VTubers as well, you decided to portray yourself as a hammerhead shark to start things off. Why was that the the, yeah. the go, why was that like the go to first thing that you wanted to do to portray yourself? So in the far long forgotten year of two thousand and six. Oh, okay, we're going back for this one. Yeah. Um, I was 13 years old mm -hmm. and I had recently come back to Texas from visiting my grandpa in New Jersey. And as a gift, 
I got a game for my GameCube that I had at the time. Okay. That game was Sonic Heroes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And at the time, I was... My hyperfixation at the time were sharks, because it was also around the time of Shark Week. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I like sharks now. Hammerhead sharks are cool. They're weird looking. I like them. I'm going to make a Sonic character. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mind you, it looked nothing like the Sonic art style. It was a bowling pin with arms and legs and a <laughs> T on its head. But it was a banana yellow hammerhead shark. Okay. And that was... The character. I couldn't think of a name, so I just called him Hammer. And not long after, I discovered DeviantArt and decided I'm going to make a profile. I need a username. I uh, 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 Hammer the Shark. <laughs> and it kind of just And it stuck. never changed. <laughs> I, I stuck with it. Uh, the little shark changed over the... Actually, it, it kind of got swept to the wayside and it was just a name for a while. And then I I found this. So you, you you use DeviantArt, right? I I've I've been on it here and there, but I haven't personally yeah. used it. So, so you know how like the um the old um emoticons used to work in DeviantArt, where people would like make profiles just to be a um an emote icon or emoji icon. Right, right. Yeah, I found one that was called Fluff Shark. Hmm. It was a little like a little puff ball. With two fins, a little, like, the um, colon three face, and a tail. A little dorsal fin. And it it was so cute, <laughs> so adorable. I was like, this is mine now. <laughs> and I, I started using that as my profile icon and my mascot. Whether or not that was legal, I did not know, nor did I care at the time. Well, considering, I was like, well, considering the fact that you know, no legal. It's deviant art. It's basically a no man. It's basically a lawless yeah, no man's land. Th- th- yeah, there you go. But several months later, like actually, maybe a couple of years later, actually, when I um, I was getting getting a decent bit of attention because I was doing a um a Nuzlocke comic at the time, mm. which also you know petered out and fell flat. Uh, the original artist of the Puff Shark icon contacted me. I was like, huh. Well, it's nice to see, nice see somebody's actually using the little thing. And I, after a while, I changed the design to be more in line with a hammerhead. Right. And it just sort of uh, mutated and evolved from there. So whenever it, as so, it sort of accidentally became the um, the avatar of the stream, which was never really intentional. It was okay. always just supposed to be like a mascot. Well, I mean, I imagine, especially whenever you the, the VTubing actually became the thing, and so in fact, your name was Hammer the Shark. It just more yeah, or less. Like I, I had sense. wanted to change it. Okay. I had wanted to change the name for like the ten year anniversary of my DVNR profile in 2016. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's been it's been this long. I I I don't really care about sharks or the ocean. They're they're there. They're cool. I acknowledge them. They're not my, they're not my heart and soul. It's not my pride and joy. I actually have a little bit, of, a little bit of thalassophobia. I mean, you know which what? is why I'm not playing Subnautica anytime soon. <laughs> you know what? That is very valid. That is extremely valid. 
Mm-hmm. But it's like but I, 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 I could never think of anything to change it into. I, okay. I briefly thought like, eh, maybe keep like a little bit of that theme and change it to like Hammerhead Studios or Hammerhead Productions, Hammerhead Entertainment. But no, I nothing just nothing had that same ring. I'm like Hammer the Shark. I mean that's fair. That's, yeah. I, so, so I it leads me to also wonder, like obviously, like I said, you know, so okay, so you get in the V tubing, and like you said, your name is Hammer the Shark. Well, let's just keep the the Hammerhead thing and use that, uh, you know, as your avatar when you initially wanted it to have it as like a mascot. Like I can see how that initially started off like that. So at at what point did you decide? You know what? As much as I you know appreciate what the Hammerhead has done for me, I gotta make a change. What made you want to change away from the Hammerhead? Uh, honestly, it was the creation of the Fairbanks model. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I, I played Cyberpunk 2077 when it first came out and I loved it. <laughs> I had no problems with any bugs because I played it on Xbox, which apparently was safe. Oh, okay. But I, I, I loved it. Loved the atmosphere. Loved the, um... The environment. And I, I've always been the kind of guy who like, I like science. I like technology. I love, I, I will, I will sit and watch battle bots because that is some of the coolest yeah. fucking shit. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, dude, fucking. Yeah. It's like, like STEM, science, technology, math can go suck a fat dick. But just like sci-fi stuff, like bionic limbs, which hopefully we're getting to soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we we technically already have cyborgs walking around. There is a dude in Sweden who is like who's paraplegic. His legs do not work because of a spine injury. Mm-hmm. He recently got an implant that's that's like in his head that sends to a transceiver in his spot in like the base of his spine, and he can walk. He is walking with Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> and just stuff like that is so cool and it it's really so is. interesting. And it's like that is the kind of thing that I want to dive more into. How the hell am I going to do that as a little sh- as a cute little shark? Right, right. That just comes so far out of the field. Also, I'm a spicy person. I like my lewd stuff. I like to make crass jokes. The shark is a very fa- cute and family-friendly design. <laughs> So that that can be a problem later down the line. Yeah, this isn't this isn't like drawn together where you get like the the cute little pig like swearing like. <laughs> oh crazy. god, I I love drawn together though. That was such a funny show. Oh no, it's it a does great not show. it does not hold up, but it was funny. <laughs> Some of that stuff did not age well, but you know what? They made pr- fun of every they made fun of everyone. <laughs> you can't be offended. No, I was gonna say like it more than anything else. It was definitely a product of its time, but that doesn't mean it was a mm-hmm. bad product of its time. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, again, like, in a show that makes fun of literally everyone, yep. you can't be offended because no one is safe. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, oh, they're they're making they're making fun of the, uh, the LGBT community. Okay. All right, who are they going to make fun of next episode? <laughs> ah, I see. The Christians. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, There's some back and forth. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought that one because I was really going to bring up, like, the time where they made fun of Veggie Tales more than anything else. <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh god, like I I was raised Jewish. Okay. I love Veggie Tales. <laughs> Cuz like all like the 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 religious overtones went over my head. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, fair enough. But okay. Also, uh the drawn together like every now and then they would make um 
They could bring up. They would bring up the other Jewish, the uh, the Jewish uh, caricature of um, Senior Edward Goldberg. I think his name was. Who was like, "Oh, I'll sue you for every penny, and then I'll invest it wisely." Yeah, like <laughs> that sounds like my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's the thing about like most Jews. They, like, like a lot of Jews, they will laugh at the Jewish stereotypes because more often than not. That is one of their cousins. Yeah, basically. Or their family members. Like, one of my favorite vo- one of my favorite voices is the Jewish Uncle Lenny. Everybody's got the Jewish Uncle Lenny. You're not sure how you're related, but you are. That voice is based on my Uncle Joe. There you go. <laughs> and apparently, I used to have an Uncle Lenny who passed away when I was young. So there you go. Well, you know what? Fair Self-fulfilling enough. prophecy. Self-fulfilling prophecy. All right. So- Max, what are you doing? My cat's being stupid. He's the king of the look castle. He's the king of the castle. Look, 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 look at the little shit. <laughs> I see him. Uh, Having fun but, up there, um. <laughs> right? But uh, but but back on topic. Um, I I had also at the encouragement of the girlfriend, I sat down and watched Cyberpunk Edge Runner. Oh, I was like, I like this. <laughs> I like this a lot. It gives me the good hurt feels. <laughs> All of these characters need shit tons of therapy. But not long after I finished watching it and had 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 a good a good cry right. in private about some of the about the ending of the show, no spoilers. I whipped up my my own little cyberpunk OC who was closely based on how I styled my V in Cyberpunk. Okay. The um the purple hair, the um the Hardcore Netrunner build because that was my favorite build style because I am bad at aiming in those games. I am so <laughs> bad at shooters. So, like, if I can just sit in the back line and let all the bad guys just, like, make their heads explode and let them fight it out amongst themselves, I'm like, okay, I like this. Th- this is more my play style. And I... Do you mind, don't you mind if I um drop some art that you can probably uh, show oh, for a slideshow? Please, please do. I would more yeah. than... I would more than so, I... Uh, not long after, I drew. I drew this. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that one. Yeah, that's the one that. You yeah, have to do, I, like, I, I use it as my uh, my starting soon screen now. Yeah, exactly. Which is a, a yeah. absolutely gorgeous piece, more than anything else. Plus, like the classic, obviously, "Welcome to the Internet." Yep that that is the song at the top of their character playlist, and yep. also the reason they have the glasses. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yep, I, I've actually posted their uh, their inspiration map. It has some some familiar faces on it. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the two stripes on the hat were a recent addition to be more in line with um the double D inspiration. Right. The height and the obviously mechanical legs inspired by Camille. The whole character is V. The um the patchwork design was partially inspired by um the fact that they were they were a a merc. They probably don't have access to like the super high end. Um, cyberware and stuff. So like, they have like they're all patched together from like different different brands, different makes and models, and that also lends into the Frankenstein look. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the okay. sort of nutty personality is Guru from Sergeant Frog, if you know that anime, and the glasses are Bo Burnham. Yep, yep, straight up. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. So like. One of the things I have to ask about is, like, I can only imagine, like, especially since the fact that you had previously branded yourself as this cute little shark creature, like, going to this six foot ten cyber lady that could probably dominate anyone in a five mile radius. Like, <laughs> like, 
was it hard to kind of do that transition from that from the previous model to this? Absolutely. One? It was not an easy decision. Hmm. It was scary. Right. I was like, I don't know if this is even a good idea. Because with the name, if it was just like a design change, right, that'd be perfectly fine. But because it was a name change as well, it was a, it was it was not just a, it was not just a name change or a model change. It was a full on aesthetic change more than anything yeah, else. Like, okay, like with with some VTubers and even streamers in general, like like Zentrea, mm -hmm. they were a dragon. They went the cyberpunk route, but they all they had to do was change their appearance because it was just a name. Right. That could that could be open ended. How the hell am I gonna tr do anything else with Hammer the Shark? Right. I I, I backed myself into a corner. Head of fact. <laughs> He's like, I want to talk too. He, he, I don't know if that's actually picking up no, on no, my it, mic. No, it is. It is. It is. Oh no! <laughs> no, 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 no! It's cute. It's fine. I was gonna say like Max is adding his two cents of like I told him it was a bad idea. He just wanted to keep doing his own thing, huh? Hang on. I t I told them they shouldn't. They look shouldn't at that blob. <laughs> look at that. Look at that blob. It's it's like Max is like I told them. I told them that was a bad idea. Everyone loves the cute little shark design. Why would you change that for people? But no, they want to do their own thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, it it it, it was it wasn't Max telling me that. Trust me. <laughs> that that information came from a different source. Right. I can get into that. Fair enough. <laughs> but I I actually had a um. Because I, I, I had my quote-unquote farewell stream for Hammer the Shark. And almost, almost immediately after I ended stream, I went to Twitch and changed the name. Okay. Which was probably not the smartest thing. Because the day after, I was sitting at my computer, staring at it going, What the fuck did I just do? And actually... Um, Basically had like a breakdown. I was like, this this is a dumb idea. I'm gonna have to reintroduce myself to all of my friends in, in chat. No one's gonna recognize me. Right. And it was major, major brain worms. But um it worked out. Yeah. Question mark. No, I was going to say, like, I would honestly say it worked out because, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. as much as I did love the the Hammerhead shark design or whatnot, I love Fairbanks' design. Same. I, I, like, Fair, it's... It, it looks so cool. Like, the aesthetic that you got going into it, the whole entire cyberpunk aspect is, like, just, just it oozes just cool creativity more than anything and... else. I, I honestly love how, like, the how, like, my... My little seedling of a community has also taken to it and welcomed it, mm -hmm. um, and just just accepted it. And honestly, like the the whole new aesthetic is just more. It's more freeing. Yeah, I can do more interactions. Like every now and then, like a VTuber will have like, "Hey, post your PNG for Ace for a fun, all in good fun Smasher Pass tier list." And I would throw the shark up. I know where I'm going to end up. I'm going to be <laughs> at the bottom. I'm going to be in the cuddle pile. I'm like, okay, I can see where this is going. Let's see. Let's just see the reactions. But with this, I was like, okay, now we have a bit of mystery here. Mm -hmm. Now I can actually have fun with this. 
And now we can actually see if it's actually smash. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing, like I can make more like, you know, more crass and terse jokes. Yep. Yeah. I, I have I have jokingly said that um <laughs> that Fairbanks's legs also double as a hydraulic press. Mm. And hashtag interchangeable parts for every occasion. There you go. <laughs> and one of my favorite things that I've been able to say is uh, because I make the art and do the model rigging for all of my models. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the only VTuber who has given themselves a boob job live on stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like not long after the rebrand, I was looking and I was like, I don't like the way. The, uh, the bust mesh is kind of like moving. I'm going to redo it. And I did. Live on stream. Did the new <laughs> art. Did the new rigging. And poured the model. And boom. Boom job. Live on stream. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, you show me another VTuber that says they're able to do that. And I will be impressed more or less. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, like, I can only imagine, like, especially because, in fact, you, I mean, like we said beforehand, you've only been doing this for the the Fairbanks as your model for a good couple months. Like, I can only imagine. Yep, a couple like, months. I can only imagine, like, some of the possibilities that could potentially come, especially when it comes to, like, collaborations and such. Oh, yeah. I, I got invited to a um a tag review stream where uh, on another YouTube stream where we just, like, we just talked about, like, you know, anti-tags and stuff. Okay. It's all, like, you know, in a analytical, educational, and actual discussive my manner. We're not not like all us all sitting around like, oh yeah, this is the good stuff. <laughs> there, there was there was a little bit of that, but it was like so like the 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 reason behind like why people like this could stem from this or this or this. Right. So it was like uh, one of the ones that came up was um was hyper. I was like, hmm, why do people like this? I can chime in I can chime in all that if you see some of my art. Uh it's just fun to draw like just exaggerations like that. Right. Right. I mean, it's a lot of it comes from just like, it's just something fun to draw. I I can only imagine. I mean, just thinking back to like, you know, whether some of the stuff, I mean, especially like opportunities like that, like when it comes to the streaming and stuff like that, I'm genuinely curious ever since you've really gotten (laughs) in. Yes. I see the little guy. I was going to say, like, when it comes to some of the streams you've been able to, to do and such, whether it be whenever you were previously Hammer or ever since you've really invested yourself as Fairbanks, do you have a personal mm-hmm. favorite stream or moment on stream that you can think of? Um, hmm. Yes. Okay. It wasn't... So on stream, it was just a little, a little offshoot joke, and this is back in back in the Hammer days. Okay. Back back, back in the Shark era, <laughs> um, where I was, I was I was being a little shit and calling out another VTuber by the name of Kim Rai, okay. who is publicly afraid of sharks. Oh. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, you hear, you hear that camera? I'm calling you out. And just stuff like that. And they actually, because they were a VTuber that I had looked up to. Because, right. again, their model was, it stood out so much. And they're they're still kind of around. They've also rebranded as Bowsheep. Mm-hmm. So, and that in itself was also a, a plus move to show like, hey, this can be done. 
Right. I can, there is some merit to doing this. Like this is possible to do. But at the little call out moment on stream, she responded in a video. (laughs) It is still one of my favorite things (laughs) because it sparked like a little pseudo rivalry between me and Kim Rai. And it was so fucking funny. (laughs) I, I had the opportunity to actually join her on stream as Hammer the Shark to play Phasmophobia. Okay. But I had to turn it down because it was my bedtime and I had to go to bed. Right. And she was like, hmm, looks like I'm more powerful after all. <laughs> I was like, just you wait. Just you wait until my batteries are recharged. She's like, oh. <laughs> Oh goodness! Like it has to be incredible thinking of like the opportunities that both you create yourself and like the opportunities you've been able to oh, be yeah. part of and such. I I have tried, like again, I've, I said before, I tried streaming in the past. I have tried content creation in the past. I have tried to join different communities in the past, and every single time, if I wasn't like an outlier, it had completely just fallen flat. Like I could tell nobody wanted me there. So to actually stick my feet into the VTubing community and circle and not only be welcomed, but supported and find new friendships with people whose art that I had I had loved in the past. Like, I did not know Kaiju Fluffs was the one behind the Shark Puppy comics. Right? That was fun. Yeah, that's her. That was for some of my favorite shit on Tumblr. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Party DMNS, she's behind the Muppet Sylvanas comics. That's her. And I'm like, holy shit. I, can, I get to call these people friend right now. Right. I can I can poke them in DMs and be like, hey, what you doing, you big nerd? <laughs> and they'll be like, no, fuck you. You're the nerd. <laughs> I'll say, look, I, I will say from a personal level, because in fact, that ever since I've started this podcast... Some of the people that I've looked up to and admired and some of the people that influence like some of my humor and whatnot, the fact that I can call some of them my friends, oh yeah, it's 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 so surreal more than anything yeah. else. I, I'll tell you what, I, I'll start, this is one of my personal favorite ones. Were you a fan of Vine back in the day? Like just- Oh God, I love Vine. Okay. Do you remember some of the, the – there's two classics that I'll think of, but hopefully you'll remember the first one. Do you remember the first one to where it showed, like, a, a, a diagram of, like, someone, like, to putting their feet under – like, the blanket underneath their feet or whatnot while they're yeah. laying down? Yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I do, do that. that. Yeah, I'm friends with that person. That person, Hell yeah. Yeah, that person has since uh, transitioned. Uh, she, oh, good for yeah, them. Yep, she is a musician as well called Left at London that is doing incredible uh, indie pop more than anything else. Like, Hell yeah. Like it's, in, like, it's incredible the fact that I can, like, message her up and be like, hey, yo, what's up? Like, you know, just yeah. – I've had her on the podcast twice, which is incredible. <laughs> so There you go. So, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like – Think of it, like even just like the cool opportunities that like you've had with this kind of stuff. Like now that you get to call like people that are in this like community of yours, like some of your closest mm-hmm. friends. Thinking of like just the, does it amaze you more or less like the community you have been able to develop since you've really invested yourself in this? Aspect? Yeah, like the, the fact that I actually have regulars mm-hmm. in my stream is like, yay! 
I was going to say, I think of regulars. I was looking through some of your clips earlier today. I, I will say Momo is probably one of the funniest uh, regulars that you have. Just don't. Uh, Mo- Momo is hilarious. <laughs> donating bits. It's seemingly just like the right moment more than anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Mo- 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 Momo's a good bean. <laughs> I also think she was the first person to actually buy something on my throne. Oh, okay. Well, good shit. Yeah. Good shit. Just. <clears throat> Stuff like that. Exactly. And I mean, even I, I, I was, I, it was back in the shark era, but I was able to, um, I was invited to the weary one Oh one. Right. And that was honestly, I had to like stare at my computer at that invitation for like a good 30 minutes. It's like, Oh, just going like, And just, just staring in disbelief because I I owe Taka a personal thank you. Hey, sorry to break the conversation right here. I just wanted to give you guys a proper heads up. Uh, the story that Banksy's about to tell right here is, while very heartwarming on some aspects, uh, it does involve the, uh, the death of a friend uh, for a serious health condition more than anything else. So I wanted to at least give you guys that heads up. If that's something you are uncomfortable with, I will provide a timestamp either right here in the video version or in the description below in the audio version. Just want to at least give you guys that heads up before we get back to the story. Uh, thank you. Sorry for the interruption. Enjoy the rest of the episode. For a very specific and melon and uh, bittersweet reason. Thump. Max, no, you had so much to live for. <laughs> back in, um, hi, Max. I was on my desk. But back in, back, like, right after high school, right after high school graduation, uh, my best friend at the time, Micah, was uh, living with me at my mom's house because his living situation with his, uh, his mom was, um, uh, how do the kids say toxic as all fuck? Right. Yeah. But he, he 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 was a, he was an awesome guy, and we're just sitting in the living room playing Skyrim, or he's playing Skyrim. I'm kind of like sitting next to him, just game grumping it. Uh, we're just like we 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 had the the dialogue audio on mute, so we're just doing the voices themselves. There you go. And eventually, eventually, at some point, Balgrove turned into the Swedish chef. <laughs> the dragon burn. Welcome to Andrew. At certain point, playing Skyrim, he just. He's just like kind of like put the control down. I was like, oh, I got to show you this. It's super funny. And it's a it's DBZ abridged. And it's a compilation of uh, Super Comedy Guru, which is, as everyone knows, like Taka's voice acting. He's just going, no, <laughs> no. And we are both crying <laughs> with laughter. And we watched like a bunch of different compilations because I Growing up, I did not like Dragon Ball Z. I never cared for Dragon Ball Z. I always said it was too much screaming, not enough anything else. I can get just as much screaming and twice as much action go into the hub. (laughs) It ain't right, but you laughed at it. (laughs) (laughs) But like just just the abridged was just so tongue in cheek, so funny and so quotable right. that like we just started quoting it back and forth. We're walking down the street to go to the 7-Eleven and get snacks. I just stop, put my hand out to like stop him from going phone, just look at him and go, 
Vegeta, I can fly. <laughs> he just goes, God damn it, Nappa. <laughs> and like, I'm just like in the other room and I just hear, Nah. I go, yes, Lord Guru. <laughs> and just shit like that. And it was so funny and so memorable. And we did it nonstop. <laughs> and later, uh, no, the, the, the following, two years later, two years later, 2015, um, he's, he's living in a different part of, he, different part of Texas. Okay. I think he was living in like near Austin or something. Um, he moved in with his grandparents because, you know, again, living situation at home, toxic as all fuck. Right. His mother was super toxic and did very bad things while she was pregnant with him. Mm. His father was a deadbeat. He, he had a, he had a rough, he had a rough go of it. Right. Um, so like we we, we, we started chatting over Skype and playing like League of Legends and stuff, he was a brutal Maokai. <laughs> but eventually, like you know, think like things happen. People get busy, and communication kind of kind of wanes a little bit. It happens. Friendship decay is not a thing. At least for me, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, about maybe two months after my last little chat with him on Skype, I get a phone call from our friend Cody, who is the wizard in my D and D campaign. Over Skype. It's weird. I, I'm like, okay, he's he wants to talk about stuff. Heck, like, decline the call. I'm going back to bed because I'm a night owl. It was early in the morning. Calls me again. Not on Skype, Cody. I'm not ready for internet time right now. Third time. Okay, now I know something's up. So I, I answer the call, and the first thing he tells me is Micah's gone. He had checked himself into the hospital the day before and didn't make it out. Septic shock. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I process things like that very differently from other people. It didn't truly hit me until like the one year anniversary. Right. I was just sort of like numb, like. Shit. Huh. Yeah, so. um. It, it was septic shock. His uh, his intestines were all kind of uh, kind of screwy because again, his mom did some very bad things while she was pregnant with him. Mm. So yeah, you know you know how your um your large intestine kind of looks like a question mark, right? His went straight down. Oh yeah, no, that's not good. No, that's not good. They found like a wad of metastasized gunk in his colon the size of my fist. Oh Jesus! And I'm a big dude. Yeah, goodness. Yeah, so. Even though he's he is long gone, I still think back to just me and him quoting DBZ abridged religiously for like the six months he was living with me. And it always makes me smile. So I just have that to thank Taka for just giving us giving me the the opportunity to have those memories. And the fact that years later, you got to to be in the got to actually speak and, with him. Yeah. Like he he will poke me in D, in DMs every now and then just go hey what's up I was like what's up and it's just it's just so so surreal and so heartwarming just to get to like just to actually have a platform to stand on to get to know all these people and just 
call some of them friends, some acquaintance, some I called friend who I don't speak with anymore. We don't go into that. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The VTuber community is not free from drama. No, definitely not. No, it isn't. It, 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 no, it isn't. Rarely a day to where something dramatic goes on in the VTubing community. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So how about those Mets? <laughs> it's about the Mets, baby. It's about the Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. <laughs> it ain't all about the money, Spider-Man. It's about the Mets. <laughs> like, I I have to ask, like, just even going further, like, thinking not just with VTubing, but just your art journey as a whole. Like, you know, you said, you, you know, you cannot remember when you started drawing. You just basically, from the start, you've been drawing. Thinking how yeah. you've been able to develop, whether it be, you know, creatively writing when it comes to the D&D or, like, actually getting to animate like you've wanted to, to the VTubing. Does it amaze you more or less the art journey you've been on and how you've been able to progress as an artist? Honestly, it does. It's like if, if I could go back and I know it's super cliche, but if I could go back in time and tell like like 13 year old me or even 15 year old me what I'm doing now, they'd probably be like, who are you? Why am I going bald and why am I so fat? <laughs> At least you're realistic. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, I, I am out of shape in my hair. There's a reason I'm wearing a hat. I thought it was just like, a goal. Oh, I, thought like, I got just, this, but it's not on the top. I was going to say, I thought I was just going along with the Fairbanks aesthetic. That, too. But, uh, yeah, no, my, 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 hair, my hair is migrating. <laughs> I couldn't grow a beard in high school. You know, hey, same here, okay? <laughs> yeah. It all just went. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like a fucking werewolf. <laughs> but um, another thing about the Fairbanks aesthetic, it's um, it's honestly been more informative for me personally because I now basically identify as non-binary. Right. Yeah, it's like I I. I never fully adhere to like the ideals of like truly masculine shit. I like balls. I like cute things. I crochet. I I made Fairbanks's hat. Hey, there you go. This is all crochet. It's not very good. I actually probably have to remake it. Like I crochet. I sew. My camera is lacking. Okay, I didn't know if it was it was the camera or if it was me. <laughs> nope. I think my camera just flat out froze. Oh dear. Hacker noise, I'm in. <laughs> Hacker noise, I'm out. Apparently. <laughs> uh, hang on, let me uh, let me see if I can reset my camera. Camera. There we go. There we go. Sorry for that. But um, I'm leaving that in. Like, by the I, way. I I sew. <laughs> I I have made actual like toys, like like plush toys for myself out of old T-shirts. Okay. Stuff like that. Like, like sure. Guns are cool if you use them responsibly. I don't really care about trucks or like big heavy machinery. I like the nitty gritty stuff. Mm -hmm. There are times where I pass the women's section in Walmart. I'm like, that's a cute jacket. I like that shawl. Hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad that, you know, especially like ever since you've really been on this art journey as a whole, it's been more or less not only help you grow as an artist, but help you grow as a person at the end of the day. Yeah. One thing I do kind of hope for in the future is this may seem a bit counterintuitive to stop doing art as a means of income and just go back to doing it as a hobby. Okay. Yeah. I was like, 
there's days where I just do not have the energy to draw or animate. But at the same time, it's my primary source of income. So now there's that added stress of like, if I do not do this today, I don't make money. If I don't make money, I cannot afford rent. So like if if I can get to a point where streaming becomes like my full time job and my main source of income, that'll be fantastic. I can I can do gaming during the day and at night I can just go headstrong into art. Maybe I can do art on streaming. Oh no. Yeah. I mean I would... I, I I basically like yoked myself. Well, I mean, I, I hope you're able to, to get to that point to where, like, while streaming is the main thing, you can, like, have that art hobby thing more than anything yeah. else and make it to where you can enjoy it. And, you know, speaking of the future, if I may, how about for this next question, let's let's dream a little bit about the future and go a little <clears throat> bit above and beyond with what I like to call the dream scenario. Let's <clears throat> say I am Big Shot Mr. Moneybags. I come up to you and I'm like, look. Fairbanks, I know we've seen the stuff you've been able to do, uh, both safe and not safe, and we think you're doing some incredible stuff, uh, and we feel like you have an opportunity to do something absolutely amazing. You just need a little extra push, a little extra platform to really help get you there more than anything else. We have access to anyone and everyone in whatever industry possible, and more money than it should be possible. We really should be getting to paying those writers. Like it's it's becoming a, a thing now, but yeah, you know, we'll fo- <laughs> we'll focus on them in a little bit. Right now, we are focusing on you and you alone. If given this opportunity, what would be? Oh 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 oh. Okay, I saw it. Okay, you're back. You're okay, back. You're back. back. Yeah, I saw it freeze up for a second there too. Yeah. Uh, if given this opportunity, what would be the dream Fairbanks project? Honestly, probably an animated movie centered around one of my characters. Let's go. Okay. Like, cause I, I, I saw the D and D movie. I, I loved it. It was phenomenal. <laughs> you could hear the dice rolls happening behind the scenes. There you go. <laughs> but just like that, but animated with, with Laura would just be oh yes <laughs> but the one thing the one thing i do know is i would not want to go with disney i do not want to go with disney that's fair. they have uh they they've they've kind of um gone down the dark side ironic but like um i probably go with like by probably dreamworks okay okay that's a good one <laughs> or um maybe even maybe even titmouse because the uh, the Legend of Vox Machina style. Yep, yep. But that that's also like that's not the style that I am known for and work with. Because I I would want to be involved with the animation myself. I mean that's true, but also like if you think about like some of what Titmouse has done, I mean they do have a bit of a diversity when it comes to their style yeah. and such. So they're the ones behind Metalocalypse, right? I I think so. <clears throat> I think so. Yeah. Metalocalypse is fucking hilarious. Oh, of course it is. I'm th- thank God, thank God they're finally having that like finale movie, like to to. Yeah. yeah. God, my 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 favorite line from Metalocalypse will always be like, "All right, I get it. You were all without fathers. I'm not. I fucking love my dad. <laughs> my dad's awesome." That's <laughs> uh, always so great more than anything else. But yeah, yeah. I love like, it. I would love to see like that kind of like D and D animated movie with with Laura. And, I mean, hey, you say yeah, we could go with a different studio. I mean, again, yeah. big shot, Mister Moneybags, all the money in the world. Well, you, you just yeah. bring in like you you just bring in the people that you think would work best for the project, and we'll yeah. fund them. All right, we got you covered. Yeah. Right? 
And it's like, I, I, it would either be um, revolving around the campaign with Laura that I'm currently in mm-hmm. or her own story. Because she has like an ensemble cast of NPCs tied to her backstory as well. Right, right. Like I, I've... I've I've actually drawn at her and her uh, her child group her childhood group of friends the Scooby Gang of the village of Amphail. <laughs> yeah, I can actually uh, I can show you that too because it's it's also one of my one of my favorite pieces just because it's so cute. Oh, and it's like the first time I've been able to actually draw kids and have them look <laughs> like children <laughs> and not just look like miniature adults. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where is it? where is she? Laura, where'd you go? There you are. Nope, that's the wrong one. There you are. I'm scrolling down, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. Here we go. Bloop. The gang. Oh, that's cute. That's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah her hair used to be blonde, and yeah. then things happen. <laughs> I think so I think something about like, you know, the, the demigod aspect or whatnot might have changed it. But yeah, we'll focus on that. Uh, no, no, because as a PC, the, the demigod aspect does not exist. That was just her sorcery her sorcery manifesting. Mm, that, well, that's I, yeah. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But sadly we gotta get down from the dream scenario. We gotta get <sighs> back to reality. Sad. Back I, to reality. Yeah. Oh, there goes gravity. Yep. I'll ask the ever so generic question. Where do you hope what? this where do you hope to see yourself, say five to ten years from now? Um ide- Ideally probably living in living where I am now because I really like this apartment. There you go. Uh maybe doing content creation full time as like part of streaming. I I do kinda wanna make partner. Oh, there we Just go. Because it's it's more it's more opportunities. I get more income from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that's that's a dream scenario. Whether or not I have the time to do, because I only stream two hours a day. I want to stream longer, but I don't know whether I have the the energy for it. Right. I also have a uh, an IRL schedule that um, I need to work around. Right. But that's that sort of thing would be nice. Like I said, I mean, we'll see I, if it's in the cards. I, I mean, I, I certainly hope it's at least in the cards, especially with some of the stuff you've been able to present so far, even the small little bits of, you know, streaming two hours a day or what, or, you know, yeah. you can. So, I mean, like it, it would be cool to see what you're, what you'd be able to do in the future. Um, yeah, I know I, an immediate goal for the future is I want to open up all the live 2D commissions. There we go. Yeah. Seeing what you've been able to do with the live 2D so far, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> yeah. Because I've made models for my friends just because I want to practice something, but I don't want to make a model for myself. It's like, I want to make my friends something. Right, right. I was going to say, I know. Yeah, like the, the the model I made for uh, for Minerva. Yep. That was just so I could practice a flex toggle. <laughs> an actual animated one. There instead you of just go. going, boom. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, but, very good model that you made for that one as well. <laughs> thank you. As we start to wind down the interview, I just have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art in one aspect. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 there it goes. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I have one last question I want to ask you. Obviously, you've been deeply entrenched in art for as long as you can remember. Like, for literally, for as long as you can remember. How important is art, not just for you, but for the world as a whole? I'd say more important than people realize. People think of people think of art and they immediately think of like drawings or paintings. And it's 
it's more than that. <clears throat> people kind of had a had a little taste of that during the initial COVID lockdown of like, oh, people think art isn't an essential worker situ- uh, position. It is because without artists, we get no music. We get no graphic design. We get no architecture. We get no movies because acting is an art form. Mm-hmm. We don't get fa- we, we, we don't get food because culinary arts, that too is art. Art is so intrinsic to just, it is like, it is the central cog. The rest of the world turns around whether or not we notice it. Exactly. Exactly. That is wonderfully worded. If I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, Banksy, that is all the questions that I have for you. Um, I've charged you with a whole bunch of praise, but I'm going to show you a little bit more because it's my podcast. I do what the fuck I want. Um, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> look, Banksy, like I said, ever since I first became aware of you with the, the obvious Death by Snooze animation, like ever since the start, uh. from, yeah, ever since that start or whatnot, I have just absolutely loved and been impressed, not just with the art you've been able to produce, but the personality you put forward to the people, you know, eh. you, you, you provide a good vibe for whoever comes in and seeing all this different stuff. I mean, the art that you are producing, we, you know, every opportunity that you showcase it, I crave it and I need more of it in my life. Cause I absolutely <laughs> love, um, and I know it was, it, it was hard to even think about doing a rebranding, but whenever you did that rebranding, I couldn't help but commend you for actually going forth and, being true to yourself and making that truly your aesthetic more than anything else. Cause I think you have truly embraced it and rocked it like 20 fold more than anything else. I cannot get enough of Fairbanks every opportunity I get to see them, you know, like the, the model and such, and like the aesthetic you provide for your streams and such. Like it, it lets me know that like every opportunity I get to see of your stuff makes me excited to see what's going to be next of your stuff. And that's why, you know, no matter what you're doing five, 10, 20, 50 years down the line, more than anything else, I'm going to be excited for every little thing that you do. Even if it is just 20 more death by snoozes, you know what? That's 20 more death by snoozes. I'll be enjoying at the end of the day. I, I think <laughs> after this, this uh, last one, I I'm, I'm going to be hanging those up for a little bit. And you know what? That's fair. I, I, I need to, I need to, I need to get my energy back for doing those. <laughs> And you know what? Hey, I understand that. I could, I completely understand it. But you know what? You still, you're still providing. Uh, second, my, am I good? Okay. Um, you still, yeah. okay. You're still providing like a, a, a good opportunity, a good vibe, and just good art at the end of the day. And that's all I can truly appreciate at the end of the day. So. Thank you so much for putting yourself out there. Thank you so much for all that you do. And please keep up the incredible work because I'm gonna be rooting for you no matter what you're gonna be doing from here on out. Thank you. I, I I am at a loss for words half the time. <laughs> hey, look, I'm I'm, I'm I'm sitting at, I'm sitting at my computer just going, what the fuck happened? <laughs> How the fuck did I get here? I asked that, and you and you accepted for some reason. <laughs> what monkey's paw did I wish upon for this? <laughs> well, well, hopefully the monkey's paw would be a good one in this case because it's like a a good scenario with little repercussions <laughs> just for appearing on a podcast. Hopefully. Mm. <laughs> Is it is this because of that wishbone I had on Thanksgiving like twelve years ago? What have you always wanted to appear on a podcast? Is that what's up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, regardless, if people want to to see what exactly I'm gushing about and get to know kind of the the Fairbanks vibe that I'm just all about, go ahead and plug yourself for the people at home. 
So my Twitter is still uh, Hammer the Shark. I haven't changed it yet. I'm probably gonna be doing that in the next couple of, next couple of weeks, okay. depending. Uh, just to, to avoid confusion, um, I'm still Hammer the Shark on TikTok. I'm gonna be making an alternate one purely for Fairbanks and like uh, Twitch clips later on in the future. Uh, same with YouTube. I'm gonna be uploading clips, but you can find me. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday on Twitch at Fairbanks underscore VT. There you go. And if you missed any links or anything like that, I'll be sure to have them in the description below to make sure that people don't lose yeah. them more than anything. Do you have any final words before we sign off? Um, normal is an illusion made by people who are too afraid to be different. Be yourself. Be happy. Beautiful. Wonderfully worded, if I do say so myself. And with that... All I'd love to say is for the people at home, pay your artists. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end. If this is your first time listening, I greatly do appreciate it. Um, like I said in the intro, especially all the different topics that we got to touch upon with this conversation, this was genuinely a good, fun conversation. Uh, Fairbanks, if you've gotten up to this point, uh, sincerely thank you for taking the time to do this. This was It was genuinely a fun chat. Especially getting into some of the topics, especially like the D&D stuff. Like, I knew it was going to be good, because I knew it was a basis for some of the other stuff, but man, the stories you were telling was incredible. You know, Fairbanks is a really good example of an artist that I can't help but admire in this community, um, especially with like the stuff they've done as of late, especially when it came to that rebranding that they did, when they changed from Hammer the Shark to Fairbanks. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, unless you're already in it. Well, I mean, I'm sure you guys have probably thought about how you want to present yourself in one way or another. And it's one thing to present yourself as one thing, but it's another thing to have to go back and like change everything about it for something that you personally enjoy. I personally have not had to deal with this kind of thing. But judging, judging, judging by the conversation that uh, Fairbanks had said and that we had about you know rebranding from Hammer to Fairbanks, I can only imagine how hard it must be especially to be as established as they were to go forth and make this a reality. But like I said in the conversation, I think they do a good job really embracing this new role and really putting everything they can into it and presenting a amazing time for everyone involved. That changes something that I've kind of thought about myself when it comes to certain things, um, especially like my life and my career. I think it's a good example of both rolling with what life gives you, but also rolling with the opportunities that are presented to you. Um, there's a conversation that I had on the podcast with um, uh, a future guest about what they expected for themselves versus what happened to them. 
that will be coming up shortly. As a matter of fact, I think the next couple of episodes are kind of like that. Um, and just kind of... Oh, so you hear dog in the background. I think it just kind of goes back to something that I've thought about with certain people. You know, life is not going to always be a, a straightforward trajectory of what you expect and what you do. But I think at the end of the day, it both depends on rolling with what life gives you and presenting yourself opportunities, giving yourself the opportunity to be prepared for whatever life does throw at you. Uh, I feel like this podcast is a good example of that. I I did this podcast more or less on a whim. And to see the growth that it has have, it's not exactly the career path that I was aiming for, but it's a career path that I'd be more than happy to embrace if it provided me the opportunity to make it a career. Um, that's something that I want you guys to consider, uh, especially if you go poor, go forth on your artist path and such, you know, life is not going to always be straightforward. It's going to be difficult. There are going to be trials, but I sincerely hope that you get the opportunities to showcase just how may, how amazing of an artist you are. I hope you get the opportunity to showcase how amazing of a person that you are. You're able to take what you were given and you're able to roll with it and succeed in it, regardless of what you do. Cause you guys deserve everything. Um, especially if you're, going into an art path it's it's never easy to go into something like this but i know you guys put your all into it and i sincerely hope you guys get those opportunities to do some incredible stuff and like always i'm gonna be by your side rooting for you so keep up the incredible work roll with what life gives you and just at the end of the day just keep doing incredible stuff